This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 367 of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today I have with me Jim Shields. Jim is the Creative Director for Twist and Shout. Twist and Shout is a company which creates comedy videos or videos uh, using comedy to help in compliance issues. They're a UK company and they have come up with a series entitled Tuesdays with Bernie. It's a really funny way to look at compliance issues. The company has a uh, protocol or process for helping companies uh, do some training with these videos and it's all a really interesting package of taking it, uh, taking the storytelling concept, but using it as, as comedy. It's a really interesting interview. It's a really interesting way to think about how you can do some uh, interesting training on corruption, compliance, and cultural values. I think you will find it uh, a very interesting approach. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist, back again for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, you're in for a real treat because I have Jim Shields with me. Jim is with Twist and Shout, and they have a very unique and interesting way to impact your compliance training, and that is through the use of comedy. There are many uh, compliance companies that uh, put on training videos and will help you with your training. But this is the first one I've come across that has entire compliance campaigns based on comedy. I've watched some of their episodes. They are quite funny. And I thought it would be fun to talk to Jim about his background. Uh, it's not in compliance, uh, but it's from the more artistic side. How he got uh, to Twist and Shout and how what the philosophy they have is in bringing comedy to compliance training and indeed the wider corporate world. So, Jim, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Not at all, Tom. It's a pleasure. So, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background, which I'm guessing is not as a lawyer or a compliance professional? Absolutely not. If uh, if you put lawyers on a scale, I possibly might be the other end of the scale in terms of uh, the nature of the work I do, which is... Um, uh, I, I'm not a great detail guy. I've always been described as a, a starter, not a finisher. Um, uh, and, but I'm also um, an ideas person. So my, my background is in creativity, theatre, television, uh, and film production. Uh, and so really those skills have been brought to bear on business problems for the last kind of 25 years. In fact, one of the companies, the, there's Twist and Shout Communications and Twist and Shout Media, uh, is 25 years old this month. So uh, I'm that old. So, Jim, uh, uh, your company has a publication called Engaging the YouTube Generation that we're going to link to in the show notes, but I thought it was an excellent reference guide. Many compliance practitioners, particularly chief compliance officers, come from a legal background, the general counsel's office, and really don't uh, grasp the concept that compliance marketing is to an internal audience called employees. And what has been your experience about why com- comedy is good for marketing? Um, well, comedy is good for marketing for lots of reasons. But the main reason is that um, if we compare it to another popular area of awareness, which is basically training, 
um, training deals with um, uh, information based on legislation. This is what the law requires us to do. And we need you to know this stuff. We need you to have important information and enough of it so that, first of all, we can we can say as a company, we've done our best to educate you. But also you as an individual have um, the, you know, the, the um, chapter and verse of what is required of you when you're doing your day-to-day business. So, you know, you're aware of what the law says. The problem we found out in the world is that um, the that isn't that interesting for a lot of employees. They do find it a bit of a chore. So if we can give that context by creating something entertaining, then first of all, they get why they're being asked to do training in this area. And secondly, they enjoy it a little bit and share it with their colleagues, which is kind of heading towards creating a viral process within the company. And that's why we think comedy does really well. Most things that go viral come under the heading of like, you know, uh, sometimes they're, you know, of a sexual nature. Sometimes they're, they might be violent and then often there will be comedy. And obviously the first two categories uh, don't go do, down too well with hate. Nah. So we're, <laughs> we're left with comedy. Uh, and that's why we took that approach. So uh, I have to confess, I have an English wife and our humor and uh, kind of comedy disciplines are actually quite different. How do you find that comedy can translate from, let alone the United Kingdom to America, but really brought more broadly across the world for an international company? How does that work? Well, that's a good question. We get asked this a lot, especially with um, more exotic countries as well. Um, but the difference between UK and US comedy is narrowing rapidly. We buy an awful lot of comedy material from the broadcasters in the United States. You guys also buy a lot of stuff off people like the BBC. So this crossover, this globalization of comedy is happening anyway. Um, just to give you a quick quote that, you know, friends was available in something like 117 countries, almost without very much editing at all. Uh, And uh, there were lots of translations and that was very popular. And so we know comedy travels. Um, The issues that we need to deal with uh, are nuance. And so we have a set of guidelines, some of which are outlined in that document that you mentioned, the the guide to engaging the YouTube generation. Um, If we be careful with these guidelines we can make sure that these stories travel as far and wide as possible and that people enjoy them for what they are uh, the difference in between you and your wife's taste is also going to be based on the fact that you have different backgrounds you're different people uh, uh you know she's a woman you're a man you know i find that i've got a really different sense of humor to my wife so I'm, I'm guessing that's some of it but between the us and the uk thing a great indicator of this is the office there was uh, you know a uk series and then a us series if you analyze that, we have, we find that the, the um, there is a different pace to it. There is a very similar humor, but the characters in the US tend to be a lot more vivid uh, and the structure of the humor is slightly different. But other than that, they're very similar. So it's a great little Petri dish to check the differences in uh, the office. Uh, Jim, one of the things that really struck me about the approach of your company is this is not simply a uh, someone getting up telling jokes, obviously. It's not a uh, vignette that's sent out 
on a one-time basis, you really help clients understand that this is an entire structure and, and, and really protocol, and you call it a campaign structure. I was wondering if you could walk us through that, because I think that would really help compliance practitioners understand the approach you guys are trying to put forward. Yeah. Um, the important thing about the, the, the work that we do is that we want to create um, fans within the company. We want to create people who really do understand why they have to follow these guidelines. Um, and the problem with just having videos made is that some kind of, sometimes they can just kind of sit on a server somewhere as part of the learning management system and they get forgotten or they get passed over or they're only seen on one day a year when you do your compliance training. We'd like to consider a campaign that runs across the company rather than one day a year. Uh, and so the campaign structure works by providing other materials like ambient media, like posters and cardboard cutouts and characters, um, other media like uh, digital assets that you can build an intranet web page to support that episode that might be on anti-bribery. Um, you know, you, you have a suite of other assets that you can use to build a campaign that drives traffic to the videos individually as you release them over time, just like you would on TV. If you were releasing a TV series, you would build up to that, you'd make it launch, you would get people excited and interested, you'd share images of the characters. By the time the first episode comes out, people are excited and they kind of get it as well. They know what it looks like, they know what it's about, and they're more likely to share it with their friends as well. And so you'll get more of an emotional engagement by building up a campaign using all of these other assets, the photography and the graphics and all of that kind of thing. And so we have a very clear plan where, you know, you would put out posters, you would use your contacts within the company that were your, your ambassadors, if you will, you know, people who will help you out, put posters up in the coffee area or in the break room, um, and then release a trailer. I mean, you know, what training has a trailer? Um, this is very much a television theory thing from the broadcasters. So you would um, release the trailer and then maybe a couple of weeks later, you would release episode one. And then there'd be uh, your, your training might wrap around that on the web page that you have prepared. It's got some advice about the issues contained within that episode. Um, and then two, three weeks later, episode two comes out. And so over time, people start to expect these little videos. They're enjoying them. They'll share them with friends internally uh, and they start to build up momentum. Uh, also, they know exactly where to go if they need help, because the message is always, you know, check with compliance. Um, so does that give you an idea of where the sort of campaign thing fits in with the videos? Uh, absolutely. Uh, now, over on your website, Tuesdays with Bernie, you've got uh, several uh, seasons out. And I was just wondering if you might be able to walk through... Uh, that part of the website for us and uh, give people a sense of, or at least maybe a, a teaser on what the uh, each season focuses on or, or even some of your more favorite episodes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I'll give you an idea of the overall story. Um, the story is that uh, we open the whole series with a scene whereby a guy is perp walked out of a busy open plan office in front of all his peers. Uh, we don't know what he's done. But there are two guys in trench coats that walk him out of the building. All of this is in kind of slow motion while there's a narrative um, <clears throat> from one of the characters. As he's leaving the office, his boss, who we kind of get the feeling uh, that this guy, Bernie, is taking a fall really for the rest of the department. Uh, his boss is grateful for him and he says, don't worry, Bernie, I will come and see you every week in prison. Uh, and, um, you know, as soon as Bernie's left the office, he delegates that task to an intern. 
this guy's name is Simon. He's a young boy and really shouldn't be anywhere near a prison. And he has to now go every Tuesday morning at visiting time to go and see Bernie as part of his kind of job. But over time, they develop a relationship. They become almost friends. Um, Simon is uh, an intern in the compliance department and cares about truth and justice and doing the right thing. Bernie, he's all about, you know, vague shades of grey around the law. You know, he says it's not the law, it's just a a starting point for negotiation, and he's just a shady guy. But over time, they kind of share each other's values, and we hear both sides of the equation. That happens over the whole season, uh, until uh, very recently, in the recent seasons, um, Bernie gets released. And this is actually based on a true story of of a, a gentleman whose name escapes me right now, actually. But uh, there was a guy who was uh, indicted for um, uh, a uh, some sort of insider trading uh, or accepting bribes. And he wrote, went to prison, came out of prison, wrote a book and ended up on the speaker circuit. So we've actually, uh, Bernie does exactly the same thing. He writes a best-selling novel about his life in prison and trading. And then he goes on the speaker circuit and ends up in the same company that um, Simon has a new job at. So there's this reuniting in seasons five and six. They come back together, only this time Bernie's on the outside. And they still have their Tuesday mornings with a coffee and a catch-up on the world. So that's the overall big storyline. Uh, and you mentioned my favorite episode. Um, I've got to be honest with you, uh, a bit like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we kind of had a musical episode, which is mine. Being a big fan of musicals, what happened was we had a story where Simon in the office receives a gift from a vendor, which is two very expensive opera tickets. He doesn't know what to do. He agonizes over it. On his Tuesday morning with Bernie, he goes and asks Bernie's advice. Bernie says, oh, no, I'll take them off your hands so that you don't have to agonize about this decision. And, of course, Simon doesn't let that happen. But it turns out that the um, the warden or the governor of the prison is a fan of opera. So everybody in this prison wants these tickets. And in a bid to kind of charm these tickets out of Simon's possession, one of the inmates is an opera singer and sings Nessun Dorma from Torrando uh, to him, to get him to, to woo the, the tickets off him. Of course, he's terrified and, and weirded out at that moment and it ends in a big chorus of all of the visitors and all of the inmates singing together the final chorus so it's hilarious and, it, and it's very visible and and, and uh, a lot of fun so i've been ris- uh, visiting with jim shields jim is with twist and shout their uh website is called tuesdays with bernie and uh jim i was uh, unfortunately we're near the end of our time but i was wondering if anyone wanted more information uh, about anything you've talked about in the podcast. We're going to link to the uh, your white paper, Engaging the YouTube Generation, in our show notes. But uh, how would they uh, find out more information about you or uh, Tuesdays with Bernie? Oh, well, the main uh, port of call would be um, www.tuesdayswithbernie.com uh, or .co.uk, sorry. Um, and I think both of those will work. So that is the main kind of uh, compliance series. Uh, all of the information, and there are some clips you can see on there, and there's uh, everything you'd need to know about the campaign contents and all of that. Uh, and then if anyone wants any direct information from Twist and Shout, um, if they can contact Adam at twistandshout.co.uk, uh, he is the uh, product manager for Tuesdays with Bernie, and he'd be happy to answer any, any questions. And of course, I will be as well, uh, Jim at twistandshout.co.uk. So um, I'm happy to uh, invite people to email us if they have any questions. So I'm always happy to talk about comedy. (laughs) 
I've been visiting with Jim Shields of Twist and Shout in the United Kingdom. They have a, uh, I would say, fabulously funny uh, video series called Tuesdays with Bernie, which actually is disguised as compliance training. Uh, and it's uh, something I think everybody ought to check out. Uh, definitely you should check out the white paper because it really lays out for you, the compliance practitioner, how you should do any marketing campaign. And I say marketing campaign, what I mean, uh, getting out the word about your own internal compliance program. They've got a great campaign structure uh, that you can utilize as uh, that's in the white paper. So, Jim, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast. It would help in our ranking and help get the word out about the longest-running weekly podcast in compliance. I hope you will join us again next week for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.